Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hello, friends. We're back again. It's Fightful.com. It is October 5th, 2023, and it's time for your Impact Wrestling Post show. I am Agile Pearl, and tonight I am joined by the guy that you may have just listened to if you were watching or listening to on the audio forum, the Ring of Honor post show. And of course, if you listen to anything from Thursday on Fightful, he also did the spotlight with Steven Jensen filling in this week. So I brought to you one more time the one and only SP3 from True Heel Heat. How are you, SP3? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Joel. I'm I'm ready to go on this ride of Impact Wrestling and learn what happened. I'm I've been enjoying the road to Bound for Glory, and I'm sure it was another good episode on the road here. So thanks for having me. Yes, the substitute teacher of Fightful, the Mocha Tint in the spotlight, and now I'm bringing a little bit of Mocha to the Impact Zone. We're doing it a little different this week. Once upon a time. When Cressa couldn't make it one week, I ended up having Kate stick around and I read her the review and she gave me her thoughts. We'll probably do something similar because SP3 was on the Ring of Honor beat tonight, but also SP3 watches the product uh, on a consistent basis. So I will get some really good stuff out of him. And of course, we'll get some good stuff out of you if you leave a thumbs up here on this channel and also subscribe to us here, youtube.com slash Fightful and send us a super chat. Go ahead, get your money out, bring it over to here. Get, go ahead, any question or comments, any amount of money, we'll read that question, we'll read that comment, or you can go to humperchats.com, same thing, but this time we get a little bit more of the pie, and it's maybe a little easier to give a little more, You little, whatever you want to do. Humperchats.com, or you can leave a super chat here. On top of that, there's fightfulselect.com. We'll talk a little bit about that later, but it's the best five bucks in the business, best $54 a year, which... 
it's a weird number that I have to remember until we get to a different number because it was 51 on Monday. And now because it's the end of Thursday, it's suddenly 54 because we changed the it's it's a whole thing. It's always five bucks a month. Okay. So purposeluck.com. We'll talk more about that a little bit. Now, as always, SP3, I start this with our BTI wrap. Real quick, our friend George Iceman. Have you listened to Mr. Iceman ever in your life? No, I have not. So George Iceman has the uh, the the one segment called Iceman Intel on BTI where he gives his intel. He is the backstage source going across Impact. So and, he's the Alex Marvez of Impact. Yes, and pretty much just as effective. Except his intel comes from various locations. Some weeks he's in a coffee shop. Some weeks he's uh, out by the docks in the river. Some weeks he's in a undisclosed location. And some weeks he's just at the vineyard. That's that's George Iceman. Um. Okay. Like I, I like I t- like like Joel said. I watch Impact every single week, but I never watch BTI. So this is totally new information to me. So you got to go and watch BTI now, usually by like the 45, 43 minute mark. No, wait, the show's 45 minutes long. So like by the 35 minute mark, you can, okay. you can go in and see. And, and this guy, he, he has a very old time radio style voice. He's like, I'm George Iceman. I'm overdoing it for the audience. But here he is. He's in the coffee shop. So uh, as, as anyone who knows, he's back in the coffee shop. And he says, someone close to Josh Alexander is telling him that he's in the gym training for his world title match against Alex Shelley. But tonight he faces Khan. And at this point, I'm thinking to myself, I don't think Iceman has intel. I think he's just promoting what's going on on the show tonight because people know what's going on tonight. And anyway, he says he's got to deal with Khan and Diener and probably Alex Shelley because Alex Shelley's going to be on commentary. So again, Iceman's not giving us any intel that we don't already know. So much like Alex Marvez, he's physically here. Oh, he's he's stating the obvious. That's what that's what he calls uh, on the field reporting. So yes, that that makes sense, and it makes sense why I've never heard of him. You can call him. You can't really change his name to like Osman, obvious Osman or anything. You, you got to find something that's just better than Iceman Intel because it's just like we know Iceman. We we know, sir. We know. You, you're not telling us anything new at all. <laughs> anyway, the match they open up BTR, the only match really. Savannah Evans versus Jessica. As Cresto would say, big meaty women slapping meat. That's her trademark, not mine. Uh, by the way, I do want to send a shout out, send some love to Cresta Star. Uh, she's out this week. Uh, she's going to be back as soon as she can, but uh, she was unavailable this week, but we want to send her our love, and we're hoping that we'll see her again very soon, hopefully next week, if not sooner. Third time, Savannah Evans and Jessica have faced off against each other. This is the rubber match. They're one and one A lot of talk of uh, Giselle Shaw possibly disassembling the Shantaraj SP3. I don't know. How do you feel about the idea of potentially losing the Shantaraj and Giselle Shaw going off into her own thing? I mean, it might be time to do that, but I like the act and I feel like they I feel like uh, Impact does this too often where they have an act that's kind of working on the on the knockouts division and they break it up too soon. And sometimes it's out of their hands, like the influence with like, you know, Tennille Dashwood leaving. But like I thought uh, Fire and Flava, they could have got more out of that. I thought they could have got more out of Savannah Evans with Tasha Steeles. And I know she was going through the contract situation. So like I said, I know it's not always in their hands, but unless one of the people in the Shantaraj is leaving, I don't see a reason to break up this act 
Neither do I. And quite honestly, I'm really hoping that they keep it up and that they don't break up because the good news is Savannah Evans gets the win. She gets the pounce, full Nelson slam. She defeats Jessica, which honestly makes perfect sense to me. For some reason, this the story with Jessica and uh, Courtney Rush trying to find their old bodies and return to them, but they have to win the knockouts tag team titles first. It's gotten a little convoluted and it should just, it, they lost now what? But instead of going now what they're going, we have to try again. And every time they try again, SP three, what happens? They lose. They lose. And then they try again. <laughs> and then they try again. Anyway, I'm hoping that something comes out of this, but for now, the focus is back to Savannah Evans. She gets the win, and that's how we finish BTI. So let's move on to Impact Wrestling main show. Tasha Steeles versus Killer Kelly opens up the show. Good match. This is Tasha Steeles' first singles match since March when she defeated, take a random guess. Uh, Mickey James. Giselle Shaw. Basically, ah. like, it, when in doubt, Giselle Shaw it out. <laughs> Shout out to both women, by the way. They coordinated their gear because both women are wearing a green and gold, even though they're not a tag team. In fact, they're a part of opposing tag teams. And then Masha Slamovich is wearing a Canadian tuxedo with statement glasses. Very un-Masha Slamovich. And it was quite the look. So good on that. Uh, Killa Kelly gets a roll-up. At one point, lands on her neck. It was a, it was a gnarly-looking roll-up. Tasha goes for Stratisfaction. Kelly fights that off. It's a series of short arm lariats and a headbutt. There's a good looking butterfly suplex that Killer Kelly does. She's so smooth. Killer Kelly just has great in ring work. She's technical. She can work with anybody. Tasha Steele's coming back and uh, she actually gets the win. She gets the win with the blackout, her crucifix bomb. And that's after Deanna Perrazzo shows up. She pulls the ref out of the ring. The referee's confused because she got pulled out. She doesn't know by who. She's assuming by Masha Slamovich because Deanna wasn't there originally. And I'm thinking to myself, so the referee doesn't know who the bad guy is, and neither do we because that's a heel tactic move to SP3. So knowing that Tasha and Deanna won the match, they pinned one half of the knockouts tag team champions. What What do you think of the match? Ah, I mean, it sounds it sounds very very good. I know that Tasha Steeles and Killer Kelly uh, have like previous history with one another. Really, like Killer Kelly's first rivalry in Impact Wrestling was with Tasha Steele, uh, and I feel like that's another one. Of t- we were talking, I was talking about groups before, but this was a rivalry that I felt like they could have got more out of. So I like them revisiting the matchup, and I like the I like the Tasha Steeles and Diana Parazza aligning with one another, where they're kind of in kind of limbo right now, where they're not in the main title picture. So them coming together to go after the knockouts uh, tag team titles, which they have both held held before with previous partners, I think makes a lot of sense to give them a big matchup for bound for glory hopefully that's where we're heading with uh mk ultra and nisu well let me tell you now confirmed is that knockouts world tag team championship match so mk ultra is going to defend against diana perrazzo and tasha steels i'm looking forward to this team because like you said perrazzo and steels both held those titles with different partners at a different time and they're kind of they've been in limbo. I mean, Tasha Steeles was off TV for quite a while, and she just came back before Impact or at Impact One Thousand. And then you have Diana Perazzo, who, after a series of losses and just the Jordan Grace stuff, it just she's kind of not in the Knockouts World Title picture. Where does she go? But she's always in a title picture. I'd like the team up. It's very different. What do you think of these two 
potentially winning these knockouts tag titles. I wouldn't mind it down the line if this is kind of like a not a, a long term thing and not a short term thing, but somewhere in the middle, uh, a middle term thing, we'll say, of them getting together and chasing MK Ultra because I would like MK Ultra to get more time with these titles, and you know they they have a bunch of potential with each other, and I'm a huge fan of Masha Slamovich. I think that she is one of the best female wrestlers out there. Plus, I got to hang out with her; she's really cool by the way uh and killer kelly is very talented as well so i want to see them uh go do more with the knockouts tag team titles and i think that they're a type of act that you can have a long reign which is very rare with the knockouts tag team titles it is and i'm hoping as much as i want to see them win i do kind of want to see mk ultra continue they're making people feel a certain kind of way on thursday nights sp3 so i know you kind of have to keep that hand going if you're if you're impact in my opinion Anyway, gotta go. Sex sells. So, of course, we're talking about Giselle Shaw all the time. So, Skyler, John Skyler goes to the Shantourage. He's still looking for a partner. He comes in and he's like, I'm coming to you first, Savannah Evans, because out of everyone in the Impact locker room, I haven't approached anybody else. I am going to approach you first. And then Giselle Shaw sitting in the background, she gets up and she's like, you didn't. You've been on social media like all week trying to find other partners. And then Skyler's like, she's the first the first girl i've tried to, to get and so Shaw's like first girl okay no you're getting Jay doll and Jay doll's like what the hell is this and then skylar you know just turns around and says wish i had the girl and so there you go it's a fan's revenge match tonight skylar and Jay doll taking on ace of bays i'm looking forward to that i did look forward to that it was a good match and we're going to talk about it but instead, I'm going to go you know, just more promos. Jonathan Gresham, Gia Miller. What uh, Before I talk about Gresham, what's your take on his kind of impact status or what he's been doing on impact wrestling? It just feels strange and that it's not a a story that we are getting like on a consistent basis. It always doesn't feel like we're getting a lot of progression to it. We got some progression last week with him cheating to beat Speedball Mike Bailey to, to get a victory. And that's so against everything he's been talking about on promos. So I think that they, we have a direction now, but he's been with Impact like off and on for the last two years but you wouldn't really know it. You really, really know it if you pay attention to the product week to week because he's not always here. So Cresta and I had posited going into the tapings that, well, the Memphis tapings where we are now, that Jonathan Gresham was going to complete whatever heel turn he needed at the tapings. And the match against Speedball is where it started. He got the tights, one, two, three. And so Gia Miller asked him, hey, what? why'd you cheat? And Gresham was just saying, I cheated last week to point out the incompetence of the referees and impact. And I like that. Jonathan Gresham is, he's doing dastardly things, but he's saying, it's not my fault. I'm doing it because you, your system is flawed. So I'm going to, much like pure rules, I'm going to take the loopholes in order to continue enforcing my rules and the way I see the rules. In walks speedball Mike Bailey, and he says, pulling the tights is a foundational, basic world of sport pro wrestling maneuver. <laughs> And I was like, bravo, Speedball. <laughs> and then he asked, like, Mike, ba- uh, Mike Bailey asked Gresham, like, what are you doing? And then Jonathan Gresham just walks off, and that's it. So there you go. Gresham, we're working on a heel turn of some sorts. Mike Bailey, obviously unimpressed, having lost the match. And he's got a big one against Will Ospreay, bound for glory. 
what are we thinking? Does, is it still going to be Speedball and Osprey? Are we going to get Gresham involved somehow? Is this going to be some mix-up? Are we just going to let these two guys do their thing at Bound for Glory? I think they're going to let them do their thing because Speedball Mike Bailey versus uh, Will Osprey feels like the matchup that may be the greatest impact matchup since AJ Styles versus Christopher Daniels versus Samoa Joe. Like, you have two of the best in-ring workers in the world today, and they have to make up for the fact that this match got canceled earlier this year. So, yeah, and it's bound for glory in the Chicago in the Chicago area. It's on the same card as Josh Alexander and Alex Shelley, so they have that as competition. And I got to, got to do an interview with Josh Alexander that dropped today on True Hill Heat. And I asked him about that. And he was like, he's that's it. He's kind of apprehensive about the pressure that he's going to be under closing the show with Alex Shelley, someone that he's had one of his favorite matches with, but he has to compete with Will Ospreay versus Speedball Mike Bailey and Mickey James versus Trinity and all the other matches. This is one of the best cards that Impact has ever put together. That's why I'm kind of confused why you're telling this story now. You've had all this time to tell this story. Why are we having Speedball Mike Bailey take a loss to Jonathan Gresham three weeks before he versus Will Ospreay? We should not be doing that. This doesn't. It seems like the wrong timing to tell this story. It doesn't seem like the wrong story, and it seems like they're doing this story well. It just feels like the wrong timing or weird timing on it. It does. And Gresham was out for one of the tapings because of an injury, so that kind of took effect. And you're right. It should not be pushed to... Just to, just because we're pushing it a taping, now you know what you're doing with speedball. Maybe don't do this right now. I agree with you. It's a very, it was a very strange calling. I don't know. Maybe if they'll play up something going into Bound for Glory or just coming out of it, because we we know Impact announced that it's going to be Josh Alexander versus Will Osprey at the Fallout tapings. So that could be a world title match. They said if Josh Alexander wins the Impact World Championship, then it's going to be Alexander and Osprey for the Impact World Title. Uh, on a TV show, and I'm, then they go to the UK the following week. So start connecting your dots, ladies and gentlemen, where you're going. But I'm interested. But I, I agree with you. Gresham Gresham showed up again. He cheated to win, but he did it against the guy who's about to have a massive match. And maybe that's just enough. Maybe it's just enough that, that speedball is speedball. He'll be just fine. He can potentially eat that L to Will Ospreay and still look good. We've seen a lot of that lately. Wrestlers who who take it to take the L, but look good while doing it. Julia Hart this past weekend at Wrestle Dream, that's a pretty good indicator of, of making that making your moments matter while still losing the match. Yeah, I feel like Impact is viewing this matchup in a similar fashion to how AEW viewed Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr., where it's a dream match. You don't have to do a lot of building. You can do a video package here. but And even Brian took a, took a loss in a tag team match to Ricky Starks and Big Bill, where he took the fall in the buildup to Wrestle Dream. So I, I get that type of thinking, but I would want, because Speedball has taken a bunch of big losses of uh, this year. It hasn't seemed like Speedball has had like a consistent row of of wins in impact wrestling in a very long time that's why i would want him to get a couple of wins before he's about to verse will osprey in a match that obviously with them announcing josh alexander versus will osprey will osprey's winning at bound for glory so i would have wanted speedball to get some wins before bound for glory yeah and i agree and i i'm sure we'll get a couple but with gresham i mean i'd love to see him put together some sort of team some sort of trio it's just a just a group of guys that 
follow his lead and want to take advantage of the system. I don't know. A, a new foundation. Get him with the good hands. That's the thing. I keep saying I don't want it to be a new foundation. I don't. I, I don't want it to be the good hands. I don't want it to be Kenny King and Sheldon Jean because then it feels like you're just you know getting all the black wrestlers and putting them in a stable together and it's like it, it becomes the hit row conversation all over again <laughs> it's like stop trying to put every single wrestler of color in hit row for weeks i just kept saying put cam and grimes in hit row and people were just looking at me like i'm crazy i'm like now you know how it looks <laughs> anyway no, I, I feel like the good hands is a team that it's about them being you know good wrestlers but they also cheat so that kind of falls in line with what Gresham is going for. So that's why they were my first thought when yeah, you say yeah. make a stable. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I hear what you're saying. I just don't think that the good hands are they're, they're serious enough, but they're not there yet. And Crest and I have this conversation all the time. They're becoming more of a threat, but they haven't found that level up yet that takes them to being a serious impact world tag team title contender uh someone in the chat's mentioning maybe gresham is trying to get bailey to turn heel well we did that once it ended in a pit fight or a fight no it was a pit fight uh and that was between him and kenny king and he kicked kenny king square in the head with a chair and he was very angry that night my friends so he was there you go only time i've seen speedball angry and not smiling stop (laughs) trying to make speedball angry he just smiles all the time he's a very happy individual and he likes speedball happy Tommy Dreamer is happy, but Crazy Steve is not. Okay, so Tommy Dreamer is the digital media champion, for those who don't know. Someone earlier today was just like, I watch Impact. I used to review it. I only listened to the Fightful review, but you guys are way too okay with Tommy Dreamer being digital media champion. <laughs> <And> I said, <laughs> this title does not mean anything, people. What are we talking about? It's not the Impact World title. It ain't the X Division title. This is the equivalent of the Legend Championship. I know my TNA lore. This is on the same lineage as the Legend Championship and the TV title. And what was the one where they did the rounds, the round system title? Oh, the Grand Champion. The, the Grand Champion. Like, T- the King of the Mountain Championship. TNA is, and Impact Wrestling has been known for these titles that are just outliers and you could put it on anyone. So the fact that Joel and Chris are okay with Tommy Dream being digital media championship should tell you where that title is we're mostly okay with it because crazy steve is more than likely going to win and if he doesn't then i won't be okay so tommy dreamer comes out he calls out crazy steve and then dreamer starts telling because this is how a dreamer promo always goes tells the story of someone that he worked with and he has respects for them so with crazy steve he's like you crashed in my hotel room when you started with TNA because you didn't have the money and I wanted to help you out. And then we were tag partners when you came back to TNA. Uh, and then he mentions that Crazy Steve is legitimately blind and calls him a modern day daredevil and he can tuck, duck by listening. He's an inspiration, yada, yada. And then Dreamer tells a story and he's like, probably shouldn't tell this. But one night, me and Steve were talking about how Steve can't drive a car because he's legally blind. So one night I took him to an empty driving, uh, an empty parking lot nearby a hotel we were staying at. And I gave him the keys to my car and I let him drive. And Steve said, it's the most alive I've ever found. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, dude, is the statute of limitations up? Cause. <sighs> I would hope. Anyway. That was Steve, the choice. 
Steve's putting it over. He's he's crying. He's close to. And then Dreamer's like, hey, listen, Crazy Steve, if you wanted a shot at the Digital Media Championship, all you had to do was ask. And he's putting him over as like the best wrestler, not just the best blind wrestler. And the crowd is happy. And then Steve and Tommy Dreamer hug. And I swear to God, SP3, Impact did it again. They This was not planned. But essentially, they did the Christian and Edge moment from or Christian and Adam Copeland from AW, except this time crazy Steve put a fork in Tommy dreamers back. Crazy Steve effectively told Tommy dreamer, go fork yourself. Okay, folks. Yep. Yep. That they, they, they had him stab him. He stabbed him in, in the, the back. back? The fork. Yeah. Yeah. Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling. I've seen multiple people get murdered for less. God bless this company. I swear to God, this was... If they hadn't had this segment on AEW last night, I wouldn't have enjoyed this nearly as much. (laughs) I I guess, like, Impact Wrestling and uh, NXT are just having a battle for who can book women and the craziest batshit accidents and attempted murders as possible, right? That's, That's what seems like happens on these two shows. Well, let's talk about intergender tag match. <laughs> Ten-person tag. Dango, Jake something, Eric Young, Jordan Grace, and uh, Champagne Singh. This is a, these are all random teams. Taking on the team of Mahabali Shira, Kylan King, Jody Threat, Brian Myers, and Bully Ray. So the reason this is happening is because the winners of this 10-man tag, 10-person tag, they face off in a five-way with Collier Shock Gauntlet entry implications. So there you go. It's, it's a random assortment of wrestlers because you need to have the heels and faces to do the five way. Uh, I would still, I wish they had done some sort of backstage segment that showed me how these teams were made, drawing straws, playing dice. I don't care. Just something. Uh, either way, you should see Dango in a crown because at one point he wears one, teases the Jerry Lawler, top rope punch, and Jody Threat blocks it. This was really good intergender wrestling. There was Jody Threat did a lot of good stuff. They teased Jordan Grace and Bully Ray once again. They had a little bit of a scuffle. Uh, I need a Jordan Grace and, and Jody Threat match immediately. They did a little bit, but I want more of that. Uh, Kylan King and Eric Young work together really well. And then eventually Jake Something gets in. He dominates the field because it's Jake Something, takes out his own partners because heels and faces, and then he launches Dango into everyone on the floor. Jake Something hits into the Foyd on Mahabali Shira and gets the win. What do you think of Jake Something since he's come back to Impact Wrestling? They seem to be giving him somewhat of a push, but it seems to be more of like the slow one where they're kind of like testing the waters. I don't know how long the the contract that he signed with Impact when he came back was, but it seems like more of like the testing the waters push than a full on push, making him one of the main eventers. But he got that win in that matchup that had Sonata in it. Gets the win here and seems like one of it should be one of the favors for the call your shot gauntlet. So I'm enjoying what they're doing as far as this f- uh, testing the waters type of push. Uh, Malabali Chera should be doing more. This man was the most likable person on that whole Netflix uh, wrestlers uh, reality show. The only likable person on that whole entire show was Malabali Shara. 
He has a great story as well. I want to see more from him. I want to see him him do well. Like when I saw him on there, I popped because I was like, oh, you're one of the few people I actually knew before this besides Al Snow. And you're a lot better than him. So uh, like Malabali Shira, I want to see him succeed. I want to see him do the best. Uh, but yeah, so that's all. I mean, for most part, that's all. I mean, with Jake something, I, I, I got I to gotta see him really get a big win before I believe this is a real push. My feeling with Jake something is that they brought him back with the express intent to make him a star. I think they saw something bringing him back that was going to work because he did the the cousin Jake stuff with Diener and it was whatever it was. I thought for a hot minute that they were going to try and put them back together as members of the design. But mm. they still could because yeah, right now cool. it's just Diener and con and design is dead basically design is really dead they, they yeah. didn't do a thing tonight well they didn't do a thing really like, it looks like he wants to rebuild the design but also there are a few people who are going to hit the market very soon who might be good fits for impact and could join the design instead could Some do people, that could do that could do it. could could Good, but I, I want to see Jake something get get more because I feel like he showed his potential as a single star uh, when he had that matchup with uh, Josh Alexander for the X Division Championship. I felt like that was kind of where I was like, oh, okay, this guy is very talented. He's not just a look guy or a guy you put in the stable. He's a guy that you could potentially see in the main event scene or at least in the X Division scene. And to me, the Sonata match was the first big opportunity and and the first big like can he get over with the crowd and again we talk about getting over in a loss jake something did that he had a great competitive match with sonata looked good and then he moved on and, and he had the tag team with sonata for the one night for the six-man tag so there's there's a lot of good stuff they, they clearly see something in jake something uh no pun intended so we'll see where it goes from there uh, Josh Alexander, however, they definitely see something in him, and he's backstage with Gia Miller, and he's just like, yeah, I want my world title back. And then he walks Alex Shelley, and he's like, I'll be out on commentary because I want to be your insurance policy for one night only. We're going to see how that plays out, won't we? Okay. We shall see. We shall see. We have a super chat here from Sheldon Jackson. He's asked question, unless I missed it. Why didn't Impact include or promote the never open weight six-man tag title match on Monday to add to the Shelly Alexander upcoming match at Bound for Glory on TV? So I'm glad that SP3 is here because he is my resident New Japan star. Uh, there is a six-man open weight, a million primers to say six-man tag titles in New Japan. Uh, yes. <laughs> those champions there are what? Okada, Tanahashi, and Ishii, right? Yes. Okay. That's they're going to be taking on Motor City Machine Guns and Josh Alexander. And yes, they do have an upcoming Bound for Glory world title match in Shelly and Alexander. It's very strange. No, they're not promoting it. Um, I think maybe that's a post-production decision. It feels like they should be, but yeah. it's not something that they included in tonight's show. Is it? Is that match tonight or is that tomorrow or next week? That's that's on Monday. That's uh, Monday morning, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling's Destruction in Rio Goku. I feel like I did more to promote this matchup on my interview with Josh Alexander than, than Impact has done in the weeks leading up to this matchup. And I didn't see tonight's show, but it doesn't sound like they did much to build that up as well. Because one of the elements of the match that I found interesting that I asked Josh about is the fact that he is teaming with Alex Shelley. Uh, uh, 
uh, just weeks before their Bound for Glory matchup. And the fact of they could Impact could have showed just showed the Okada Okada clip of Okada talking trash about Impact Wrestling and TNA and just had just film just film Josh or just Josh and the guns responding to that like simple stuff like I probably got the response that you could have put on TV in my interview that you could check out on Trio Heat but yeah it's like I, I I asked them that question and I felt like that probably should have been something on Impact TV because I know New Japan's not going to do it but y'all could have done it but hopefully in the future, when New Japan, uh, when Impact Talent is going over to New Japan, we can see that integration a little bit more. But it's going to be a hell of a matchup. I can't wait to see it. Okada's been doing some of the best character work of his career. Angry Dad Okada has been one of the best characters in wrestling this year. Uh, Ishii, always one of the best. And him and Josh Alexander had one of the best matches last year for Impact Wrestling. And Tadahashi. This is the best role for him. I don't want need to see Tadahashi struggling to get to the top rope in singles matches. I'd much rather prefer him in multi-man matches. So this is the best role for him. And there's a whole bunch of history there with Tadahashi just losing to Shelly for the Impact World Championship at Multiverse. You got Okada's history with Alex Shelly and Chris Saban from his time in Impact Wrestling, Ishii and Alexander. So, so much to work off there. That's one of the matches I'm looking forward to the most, along with Hormonal Takahashi versus Leo Rush versus Speedball Mike Bailey because that's going to be insane. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that match too. I'm going to try and watch definitely the morning after, or at least just uh, ch- odds are as I'm waking up, the main event will be just wrapping up because <laughs> yeah. I'm usually up 6.37 in the morning, so it'll just be around that time. The The six-man tag, I don't think they were prom- – they, they've promoted it on socials through Impact. Yeah. They definitely had the three guys, uh, the guns and Alexander, do a promo, cut a promo in Memphis at the taping. So they knew that the match was happening going into those tapings. My feeling is if there's some sort of breakdown in the match between Shelly and Alexander, they'll just show the footage on this week's or next week's episode of Impact and they'll play it up as you know, as we get closer to Bound for Glory, because stuff happens in the at the end of tonight's main event that kind of wants you to get a little bit more action between Alexander and Alex Shelley. So that's probably what they're going to do. And that would be fine with me. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Uh, they played a, a Mickey James video package. They played a bunch of those leading up to Bound for Glory, some better than others. The Mickey James one was good, but it was just the loss of title, want it back. That's the crux of it. Then uh, they do an interview with Trinity backstage. She's with Gia Miller. And Trinity just said, I expected Mickey James to ask for that title match because, you know, she eyed me down at Impact 1000. She never lost the Knockouts World Championship. Says, you know, Mickey James is one of my true friends in wrestling, and I owe it to her to bring my best that night. So I am looking forward to Mickey James and Trinity. It's a very unexpected match for an Impact Bound for Glory, you know, high on the card match. But honestly, it's going to be better than Trinity versus Lish. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes, it will be. I'm very interested in this matchup. I think uh, Mickey Jane's been doing uh, exceptional work before her injury with uh, the whole last rodeo. I think Trinity's been really good during her impact run. And these are two named talents. So it feels like a big knockouts championship matchup where we're bound for glory. feels like any three of those matches, any one of those three matches could main event the show. Will Ospreay and Speedball Mike Bailey's going to be the best match. So that could main event the show. Uh, Alexander and Shelly for the world championship and then Trinity and Vicky James are such big names. They could headline the show as well. 
I wouldn't be surprised if Osprey opened the show. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com slash fightful. I wouldn't I feel like those those big premiere like main event stars, it's like Michaels versus Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 21. I would never have said that match should have opened the show. That match was perfect in the middle of the show. That's what I feel like with Osprey and Speedball. Middle of the show feels like the best place. Just need to announce an Ultimate X match, and then I know what's going to open the show because it's oh, always yeah, yeah. yes. But the trust yes, it's always Ultimate X. Yeah, always. that that trust brought up, get the trust down. Ultimate X. So just announce an Ultimate X match, and I won't have to worry about what goes on first. Uh, they, they've already had like three of them in the past, like three months. <laughs> what's three more? You know what? Bound for Glory Ultimate X. The entire show. Is just Ultimate X matches. Impact would never do something like that, right? SP3, where every single match is the same stipulation. They couldn't, they would never. They would never book a pay per view called Lockdown. No, no, why would they? they? No, no. If they called it Lockdown, would they put every match inside of a solid steel cage, a salad steel cage? And always main evented by a lethal lockdown that one of the teams is captained by Sting? For like 11 years. Like they would never do that. Never. In fact, would never. But they did find the loudest and rowdiest fans. And they gave them straps. Because the fans revenge matches back. First time in years. And I love it. Ace of Base take on John Skyler and Jay Vidal. Skyler cuts a promo cutting down Memphis. Because that's just what you want to do. When the fans are at ringside about to slap the shit out of you. Uh, the fans are at ringside. And they've got like. I wish I, wish I had a belt. They were basically like doing that thing where you snap the belt. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you ever did that when you were a kid or like. <laughs> anyway. Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> so they're doing that at ringside. And all you hear is just snap, snap, snap. It's very fun and very stupid. Uh, the fans are going after Skylar and Vidal. They're cheering Ace of Bays. And of course, you've got super fan Will, who's also a part of everything Impact. So he's uh, taking. They- oh, you know Will? Will's my boy. I Will's used to work best. with Will. 
Oh, seriously? Yeah, he's crazy. <laughs> he takes he takes a selfie with with Chris Bay in the middle of the match, and Chris Bay retweeted the selfie, the TV angle, and then the actual photo. <laughs> I don't have. I wish I had had it. Oh, I don't have it because you know what? I was I was too busy getting the uh, this. Oh yeah, the fork spot. But anyway. <laughs> Instead, I that did not... not look like a fork spot. That looked like something else, folks. <laughs> Got me for a second. Anyway, yeah, Getting back after dark. Oh, may as well be. It's already after eleven Eastern. <clears throat> I should be in bed. Anyway, the match was fine. It was a, it was fine. It was good. Yeah, Chris Bay taking shots at the Rascals via the hard cam doing the the tease and everything. Skylar takes a line of strapping until Chris Bay dives onto him on the outside. Art of the fold gets the win. And then post-match A's of Bay's invite the fans into the ring. They do a big, everyone gets their, 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 their bullet club sign up. And I just think to myself, man, bullet club is becoming a little bit crowded these days. I mean, bullet club is basically like, um, like the Crips and the bloods. Basically, I'll teach. I'm gonna teach you gang, gang, uh, gang structure right now, uh, Joel. Basically, okay. uh, the Crips are represented in different places. So they got the Long Beach Crips. They got uh, they got a whole bunch of different sets. So basically, what Bullet Club is is different sets of the same gang. So you got the Bullet Club Gold, you got the Bullet Club War Dogs, you got the ABC, you got the OC. Like these are all different sets of the same gang. So like the the Crips that are in California don't always mess with the Crips in New York. The Crips in New York don't always mess with the Crips in the South. So that's that's how we work. The Bullet Club Gold don't always mess with the War Dogs. War Dogs don't always mess with the OC. OC don't really mess with the ABC, but the ABC seems to be the only ones that are actually baby faces. And I hope that we see ABC versus the Rascals because that would be an absolute banger to add add to my argument that this is the greatest card Impact has ever put together. Everything you just said was basically Christianity. <laughs> that too! Bingo! And I'm a Jew, so that's, that's saying a lot. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Ayo sends us a super chat saying props to Skylar for pulling through this one. Yes. Good for him. And good for, good for Jason Hotch. Cause first of all, it became a daddy during those tapings. Congratulations. But also he had the wherewithal to have a kid before a fans revenge match. So he wouldn't get himself strapped for an entire match. Good for him. Smartest man in wrestling. He is. He is, man. That's that's the smart thinking right there. And no, I am not a crip, but I my one of my best friends is. That's oh. all I want to say. Well, all right. So that's how I learned. That's how I learned how structure works. And it, especially because he's been watching wrestling lately and he's like, oh, the bullet club is just like us. So that's why I said that's how we work. <laughs> that, I literally just verbatim did how he explained it to me. When I explained him the structure of the bullet club, he broke it down in grip structure. You ever see that one TikTok about the guy who like did a whole D and D campaign with like with different gang members, and it was his way to like save himself and his mom, and wanted to get them out of the, <laughs> wanted to get them out of the gangs, and like, no. did you see this shit? No, I didn't. Oh, it's so good. It's I got so fabulous. 
And he's like, and I cha- I didn't want to make it like nerdy, so I made it like Candyland, or I made it like gang related, and it was very like it got him into role playing games and got them all hanging out in like his basement, just being like, like they all pretending like they don't know each other. <laughs> it's a really funny show. I'm gonna find the video for you later. Anyway, please, please send that to me. And yes, uh, I see a shock in the in the chat bringing it up. Myron Reed about to debut and join up with his rascals. And I feel like a prophet, ladies and gentlemen, because if you go back, I'm plugging another interview, Joe. I'm sorry. Go back to my interview with Trey Miguel earlier this year. One of my main questions was, would you like the other rascals, Zachary Wentz and Myron Reed, to join you in Impact Wrestling? And here we are six months later, and we're about to be see both in Impact. I feel like a prophet. I feel like I have made this happen. So thank you, Impact Wrestling. I mean, in in the defense of others, Wentz was inevitable. <laughs> yeah, Wentz, Wentz was was pretty inevitable. But I had to mention Myron Reed yeah. because Myron Reed's been killing it on the independent scene. He killed it in in MLW as their uh their cruiserweight light heavyweight champion over there had a great feud with Leo Rush during the pandemic. And I felt like he's always uh, needed an opportunity on a bigger stage. And Impact Wrestling is a step up. And I I'm gonna love seeing him either if it's in the tag team division with one of the rascals or may i feel like he would be a star in the x division in impact yeah i agree i'm looking forward to it they announced today that myron reed's going to join the uh the rest of the rascals at least for the tapings and then we'll go from there that'll be fun um dobby the brain heenan says i'm with sb3 the bound for glory shaping up to be the best all title matches are straightforward bangers with the seat with the call your shot gauntlet getting everyone else on the card yeah. and it's true again this is a very well built up show that we're gonna see october 21st by the way we will be live doing a post show after bound for glory myself crest the star and steven jensen of the weekender podcast and of the spotlight if you want to watch stuff with steven jensen you know spotlight was on earlier today and the guy next to me, SP3, he he, he was there with too. So I was, I was here. The mocha tint of the spotlight. That's what I am. And just to specify, I see also in the chat people say in Judgment Day, Judgment Day does not count in Bullet Club lore. Jay White made the edict that OC counted. They he didn't never made the edict of Judgment Day. Judgment Day was started by Edge, so that would be in the lore of the brood. That's a subsection of the brood. Just because Finn comes in and joins the group doesn't make him the leader. He's never been the leader. Rhea's been the leader. So it's not a subservient of the Bullet Club. I agree. Uh, Moose and Bipinder Gujar have a very quick match that'll probably not last longer than what we talk about afterwards. Gujar looks good, gets a little bit of offense, but it's like 80% Moose who wins with the power bomb and a spear. Moose has got the call your, not the call your shot. I always want to say it because he did that once upon a time. Moose has the Feaster fired briefcase for the world title shot. He can cash that in when he's ready. But post-match, Macklin comes out, and he's like, hey, that briefcase that I just talked about, I grabbed it in the Feaster Fired match. And then Rhino came out, and he gored that briefcase out of my hands, landed into your lap, Moose. So why don't you hand me the briefcase? Moose is like, I know you're crazy, but I know you're dumb. (laughs) I'm like, all right then. And then this is a a whole thing like, oh, maybe it's going to be a setup, and that bully's going to come out and... Then Macklin's like, nah, he's too busy trying to, you know, avoid PCO. And then PCO shows up and he takes out all three men. And then he goes up the stage. And then as Macklin's going up the stage, Rhino gores Macklin and leaves him laying once again. That Macklin and Rhino feud, I guess they got to do something about for glory. Yeah. I'm guessing it's going to be a hardcore match of some some sorts. 
but Rhino has Macklin's number and he's looking strong going into this match. Clearly get a Macklin win, get us moving forward. But other than that, I mean, Moose with that briefcase is looking a little bit strange, isn't it? I mean, I'm interested to see what they're going to do as far as this briefcase with Moose, because it feels like, you know, he's just re-signed with the company, that this would be the way to put the title back on him. But I also feel like we might see uh, the whole angle just kind of came into my head a few weeks ago when it found out he had the world title. I was like, oh, so they're probably going to have Josh win against Ellie Shelley and then Moose try to cash in. But this time, Josh, uh, you know, faults him or stops him or beats him. And he just wasted the, the title shot. I feel like that's where we're heading to more than Moose getting another reign with the title, which I feel like he could he could be in line for and he could be good in because he was he was he exceeded expectations as impact world champion the first time. I think he could do it again. I called this in 2020 when it happened that Josh Alexander at the time was going to win the world title, had that big moment, and then Moose, who had done the Call Your Shot gauntlet, was going to take it away just like that. And it's exactly what happened. People were so upset, and I'm like, no, it made perfect sense. You're not going to give people the moment yet. And it worked out. So we're not in the same territory this time, but Moose was a good champion, and there's potential for him to be champion again or at least have a really, really good feud with whoever's holding that title at the time. So we'll find out. Backstage with the Rascals, the aforementioned Rascals. They finally tag those Impact World Tag Team titles with an R because Rascals. 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 And then Tino walks in and he's unhappy because, of course, he is. And then Ace of Bays walk in and they're like, hey, listen, we got our briefcase from Feast or Fired for the World Tag Team title shot and we're going to cash it in at Bound for Glory. And then Sammy and Swan walk in. By the way, check out our interview with Sammy Callahan over with Sean Ross Sapp earlier this week. Uh, he talks about his departure from Impact Wrestling, so what I'm about to say is very awkward. Sammy and Swan challenged the Rascals to a tag team title match. So, uh, hintity hint hint. Um, what's that, next week? That's next week. Huh? <laughs> they make the match. The makes win- sense. The winner of Rascals versus Sammy and Swan will face Ace of Bays at Bound for Glory for the tag team titles. So uh, it'll, it'll be Rascals versus Ace of Bays at Bound for Glory for the Impact World Tag Team titles. Hey. Hey, Ace, Ace of Bays versus ABC versus all uh, the Rascals, man. They've been tearing it up over on uh, uh, Revolver and on across the independent scene. And, you know, you've seen Trey Miguel and Ace Austin. They have amazing chemistry together. The Rascals, one of the best tag teams and have been tearing it up since they reunited in Impact Wrestling. And ABC has been the, they, they are probably going to be Impact Tag Team of the Year. So, I think putting these two at Bound for Glory just adds to this card that you got a card that got uh, Alexander versus Shelly, Speedball versus Osprey, Mickey versus Trinity, ABC versus the Rascals, uh, MK Ultra versus Tasha and Deanna. Sheesh. Sabin versus Kenta. And you, there's a reason I didn't mention that, Joel, because, um, um, ladies and gentlemen, I, I've said it once, I'll say it again. He's saying that getting excited about Kenta in 2023 is the same about getting excited for a Jinder Mahal match. Oh, first for, for oh, 2017, that backlash pay per view went hard. Okay, that moment when Randy Orton dropped the that face. title. Yes, 
Randy dropping that title to Jinder. That was my shit. I sat there, the troll that I am in wrestling lore, and I said, oh, Jinder's going to win. I'm going to have a good day. And he did. Only the trolls love that moment. Like, trolls and people of Indian descent. I understand if you enjoy that moment. Well, <laughs> we needed to do it for the Indian market so that we could get that huge that huge uh, rights fee, right? The TV rights fee, which is all the rage right now in wrestling talk. Like, all I'm saying is that Kenta is a victim of a lot of injuries. In basketball terms, for my basketball fans out there, Kenta is basically Chris Paul. He was great. He was great in the early 2000s. He was even really pretty good in the 2010s. 2020s? Um, what downhill. Hold on. Downhill. Listen, he's going to share a locker room that night with Will Ospreay. What if Ospreay just a little bit before his match? Like, um, unless he was in the match with Osprey, then I'd be like, yo, this might be a really great matchup. Chris Saban is a great wrestler, but the when I when they said Chris Saban versus Kenta, I was like, wow, this would have been a great match in 2007. And what's really funny is that they air a whole promo where Saban's talking about the parallels between their careers. You started wrestling in 2000. I started wrestling in 2000, and I'm like, oh, that was like. That that's that's a that's a university graduate's birth date right now. That's okay. All right, get it together. <laughs> the match will be fine. Years, yeah. The match will be fine. Saban continues to put on bangers. He'll carry Kenta, or Kenta will come alive and have a good match. Either way, we'll be talking about it. He, I guarantee you, Kenta's gonna do a low blow and a referee bump. That's all I can guarantee you from the matchup. Well, I can guarantee you all the scoops over at FightfulSelect.com. The best $5 in the business. You want to talk about a release NXT superstar ending up at MLW? We got the scoop tonight over on FightfulSelect.com. What about Nick's plans for DIY? We had those too. We posted those today over on FightfulSelect.com and an update on the wonderful sound issues. That that stopped us from seeing an Adam Cole, Roderick Strong segment that was so good, so incredible, so amazing, so earth-shattering that we had to watch it twice if you were watching on TBS. FightfulSelect.com. We have the info on WBD and AEW and the issue that happened and what everyone's feeling and so on and so forth. Just go get it over there. Along with The Weekender, Steven Jensen, he does that podcast. If you want to know more about independent wrestling and get all of your scoop from the independent world over there, FightfulSelect.com. Sour Graps, if you want that sourness of WWE, Alex Palowski gets you covered twice a week. Over on FIFOSelect.com, QA with Sean Ross Hap, QA with Grapsity Guys, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Stop going for the aggregation on Twitter because it is no bueno. It's no good. It's garbage. It's getting worse. It's getting to the point where Jeremy Lambert's just making shit up so he can post his articles. It's very funny. But if you go over to FIFOSelect.com, you get all of the news all of the scoops, everything you're supposed to get as it's supposed to be reported, as it was originally done for five bucks a month, okay? Go over, get it. Easy peasy, as Asuka would say, okay? Asuka, who will be on Impact, um, on Impact, wow, on NXT this coming Tuesday. She's gonna be on Impact, let's go! Let's go! <laughs> I, talk, I talk about journalism and being accurate reporting and everything, and then I go and say Asuka's gonna be on, on Impact. Let's go. We try to bump up that impact rating. Talk about talk they, about Tuesday night war. It's all about Thursday. They've been doing pretty well, actually. Let's be frank. They have been. They have they're, doing, been. they're doing pretty good. Okay. 
<sighs> yeah, I even have the note in the uh, the Saban and Kent promo. It'll be the first time ever producing those two, so that'll be fun. Uh, next week, tag title match, Rascals and Sammy and Swan, the five-way match between something young, Grace, Dango, and Singh, and then the two out of three falls match. It's finally going to end, SB3. Frankie Kazarian and Edward Edwards. Oh, We're God. finally going to finish the story. Jesus Christ, they're going to finish their story before Cody too? This is one time where I'm totally okay with it. At least this yeah, story yeah. can end. It needs to end. I need it to end. Two out of three falls. I I was told that the match was very good, but I can tell you that this is a match that should have been always a TV feud, and it should not have gone as far as it did. Quite frankly, the Tracy Brooks blow off, like the, the, the mixed tag, that should have been it. That should have been yeah, it. That could have been it. That could have been it, and you could... Both guys could have walked away with one win each, and you could have ended the feud with the mixed tag match. But they want to run it back. I guess they don't have anything other for do for Frankie Kazarian. They have a lot of guys who feel like they should be in title pitchers or did feel like they feel it should be in title pitchers. Like Frankie Kazarian, after those promos they did, they should have put him in the title pitcher in some way or at least start the build towards that. They feel like he's been so sidetracked with Eddie Edwards that it's killed any momentum that he did have. So the way I put it with Cresta was that this feud is for someone who is an impact fan. It is for someone who is either an old hat impact fan, an old school impact fan, someone who likes the history of impact, someone who likes this whole like killer Kowalski storyline, this, whatever this is, this has a place in impact. Unfortunately, I don't think anyone who wins is going to be coming out looking for a title match because the title scene is either call your shot or a briefcase or other wrestlers who are currently talking actively about world title shots. That's what's kind of missing right now. Kazarian and Edwards are floundering a bit. And I don't really care to see Edward Edwards in a title contention right now. Frankie Kazarian, maybe the X division title. I, I can don't like how he won the X division championship off the of speedball and ruined everything for, for the fantasy bookers out there. Or really just for most people. For who me, I'm a, I'm I'm a speedball fan. It ruined it for me. I get it. I get it. <laughs> but but yeah, this Kaz and Eddie Edwards are reminding me of bad impact feuds, of impact feuds that go on too long, like Chris Harris versus uh a Black Rain or uh Abyss versus Sting or Abyss versus Julius Medinus or Medias, whatever, whatever that guy's name is. He became um, Mila Mortez in Lucha Underground. But uh, yeah, it just reminds me of those feuds. It's not, it's not fond memories that I have of all those feuds that I just mentioned. They just went on very, very long. Like when B- Brother Ray feuded with Brother Devon after they, they ended and it just went on and on and on without any type of resolution at all. Judas Macias. There you go. And also, I thought you were going to do like Abyss in this guy and Abyss in this guy. Yeah, yeah, there was a a bunch of Abyss Abyss and Bully Ray when he became Joseph Park. Another example of that. The Abyss was the king of views that just never would end. Him and the Relic. Him in Black Rain. Abyss and Grado. 
Oh, Pansine Grado. Oh, my God. That was the best. Oh, anyway. Bison Stevie. There's another one. Jesus Christ. Uh, oh, Bison a... Raven. Actually, I liked the Bison Raven. There was okay stuff there. <laughs> Only Abyss feud I really enjoyed was Abyss and AJ Styles. Because of that That's, Kate yeah. match at Lockdown. That's yeah, no, I get that. Remember, remember how we were just shitting on the idea of lockdown? Anyway, uh, Josh Alexander takes on Con in your main event. Alex Shelley's on commentary. So the one thing that's really neat about this match, I, first of all, I don't think it needed to be the main event. The match was good, but in terms of like importance on the card, cool. Why they made this important? Khan's first match back in Impact when 2022 when he returned was against Josh Alexander. And Josh won in about 40 seconds. He just picked the leg, rolled through, got the ankle lock, tapped out Khan. That was it. So they did a lot of like big man tactics. Josh trying to keep Khan down by using the top rope or doing dive moves, things like that. And then eventually, you know, Khan's got a choke bomb. It looks good. Diener screaming for more violence. They do a referee bump because, of course, they do. And uh, Alexander's just slapping the shit out of Khan's chest and does his low-pay crossbody as he does. Diener grabs a chair. Shelly takes it away, and then Alexander accidentally punches Alex Shelley in the face. Okay, sure. Alexander reverses Khan's chokeslam into the ankle lock, just like we talked about in that 2022 match, and then he gets the C4 spike, which is a great visual. Alexander hitting that C4 spike on Big Khan looked really impressive. Also looked like he spiked the shit out of his head into the mat. It, it, I had to go back and watch it on replay, and I was just... Oh, Khan was moving afterwards. He was fine. There was never any talk about him being injured. But man, he just, he got it snug. So Alexander gets the win. Khan got spiked. Good match. Post-match, Alex Shelley gets in the ring. He takes exception to being punched in the face by Josh Alexander. Alexander's like, hey, heat of the moment. I messed up. I'm sorry. And then Shelley hits shell shock on Josh Alexander. And we're out of time. What do you think of this whole kerfuffle? Sounds like a, a good matchup because Josh Alexander has nothing but good matchups. Uh, Josh Alexander, uh, when you really give him the time, he puts himself in that conversation for one of the best wrestlers in the world. So it doesn't matter if you're an X Division guy or a big man like Khan, you're going to probably have one of your better matches against Josh Alexander. I like how they've been building this whole rivalry with Alex Shelley, where Alex Shelley sh have shown some heel tendency but it really hasn't been a full-on heel turn. It feels like more or less he is a heel because he's facing a bigger baby face. That's all that this is. It doesn't feel like this is like the next chapter of his title reign is going to be him as a heel. It feels like he's a heel for this rivalry here. Now, if, it's, if that's going to help him be Josh Alexander, I don't know. My money is on Josh Alexander for Bound for Glory to regain the Impact World Championship. But I do have questions as far as then what's next, because it felt like, Josh, you did all that work with Josh's run and it felt perfect for Macklin to end it. And we really haven't come up with a long term plan since then. There hasn't been the next guy up since then and it felt like we were building josh for a while to be the next guy up and you know shelly has been a great a great guy to be the champion but we need that next guy up mentality because after josh you built macklin to be the next guy up but there hasn't been a next guy up after macklin we just need that now jake something 
could be could be you you could be right like it, yeah i could be wrong that it, it doesn't feel like a testing the waters push and that this is the start of his trajectory up the ladder madcap mike rallis Dave will dead ass call him that. You know, you know who I think it's gonna be. No, the artist formerly known as Elias Sampson. Elias, yes, give me, give me Jeffrey Daniel Susulo. Yeah, ain't gonna work. We'll call him Jeff Elias. Jeff, uh, Jeff Elias, yes. No, they'll just combine all his names. Call him Ezekiel Elias Sampson. <laughs> that would work, actually. They'll call him Jeff Sampson. There you go. There you go. Jeff Sampson. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know what they're going to do. Bupinder Gujar, um, going back to him for a sec, is someone that I continue to have my eyes on because I see him often in the Toronto area. And I know that Impact has – the, uh, they, they have a want for him to build. They're putting him in big opportunity matches – they, they see something in him, and so do I. But they haven't done anything with him yet. And I'm wondering if it's an age factor, if it's a language factor. His English isn't the best, but I don't know. I don't know what they're waiting on when it comes to Bupinder Gujar. There's something there. I think I think he's more of like a developing guy. He's like a guy that is a prospect that they're gonna they're gonna watch grow and go through the growing pains with him. But he doesn't feel like a guy that's kind of ready made for that push to be the next guy up. I feel like more like yeah, with Jake something like he's got the look, he's good in the ring, and they're starting something here that he could be that next guy up. Honestly. I think it's it's either Trey Miguel, Chris Bay, or Ace Austin that should be the next guy up. And they should be. They should have been the next guy up for, like, the past three years. Like, all three of these guys seem ready-made to be main eventers in Impact Wrestling. And I love them in the tag team division. And it makes the tag team division more must-see. But, yeah, I think that we're, like, a year away from me being, like, it, it's time, Chris Bay. Impact World Champion, it's time. Trey Miguel in, in the main event scene, it's time. Yeah. Ace Austin, who everybody was calling the next AJ Styles in 2020, and nobody says that anymore because they, they put him in a tag team, or before that, they were put him in the background. So it's kind of disappointing. I call him Quadzilla, just like his, his partner. Man's got big meaty quads. Good for him. Big meaty quads. Big meaty quads. The man's. Uh, by the way, Gujar's only been wrestling for four years. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. He is a prospect for Impact. He is one of Scott Demore's guys. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to his development. We get to see it. And again, the match with Moose was good. It wasn't ever a doubt that Moose was going to win. But it was the fact that Gujar got a couple things here and there. One of the best matches I saw him in was actually was Gujar working. Babyface and turning heel in the match, and it was a match against Silesia Sparks, who's appeared on Ring of Honor and AW Dark a few times. And the, it, he was playing the reluctant babyface, didn't want to wrestle a woman, didn't want to fight a girl, and then eventually ended up going, you know, toe to toe and winning by cheating. He, the, something was starting there, and I was like, when they go back to Impact, like they need to bring something like that into his character. So we'll see where they go, but for now, he's not he's not factored in, but he's 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 moving. Something's happening. But I agree with you. Chris Bay, Ace Austin, Trey Miguel, these are guys that are definitely on the rise and should be on the ascent of the next year to uh, to round out your your singles card. Exactly. That's, that's Just all I got. 
You can you can put the guns back in the tag team division. Like it's not gonna make the tag team division suffer. You got enough guys you can make it work, but I feel like these guys should be in the main event scene. And I feel Bruinda Jun uh Bruinda is a guy that in the future could be on that level as well. And Impact needs to use some of the stuff these guys are doing outside in here. They're doing that with the rascals in ABC. Like I said, they've had a rivalry in Revolver pretty much this entire year. So they're just basically taking that from a revolver and putting it over here. Someone like Shira that I said, I want to see more of present him as a baby face. I don't ever remember impact really doing that. Uh, like really committing to him as a baby face. Not since he first came in. That was only like, the only time when they were doing rock and King ring, whatever that was in India. That was the only reason they made him a baby face. Try that again. I think he's good. Dex Baker was, uh, he's going to round us out today. SP3 said it. When I got back into Impact in 2020, four stars were clearly the next top guys. Trey, Bay, Austin, and Grace. What's happening? Well, I mean, Jordan Grace just came back, and she's on one hell of a deal. So I don't think you have to worry about her. Ace Austin, Chris Bay, they are over, and they're doing really good stuff. They will become champions one day. They're, they're, I think they're in the right spot. And Trey, again, he is a champion. They, he had a great X Division run. There, he's not the top of the card right now because there's a lot going on in the Impact top of the card. It's a very, very busy card. People need to be shuffled in and out. Again, Kazarian and the Edwardses of the world, they got to find their spot. Bully continues to be part of that whole thing, but I don't know, maybe he's getting out of there. Either way, I agree. These are the these yeah. are the people, though. You can see who they're putting out there and who they're making a big part of the show. So yeah. we'll see where it goes. I know my friend Steven Jensen has said this plenty of times, but I need Impact to pull a WWE and try to erase history and put the Impact World Championship on Jordan Grace. Uh, to, to totally erase the previous person of, uh, of, of the same gender that had that title, Jordan Grace feels like the perfect person to make a female world champion. I can tell you it feels like they are closer to having Jordan Grace work that world. She's my pick to win the Call Your Shot, Yotlin, because I feel like that's the perfect opportunity because you have someone that you could pretty much cash, they could cash in this Call Your Shot, oh, Gotlin, on any title. The knockouts, the world title, the X Division title. I feel like she's the pick to win the Gotlin. When she didn't challenge Trinity, that's when I was like, okay, she's going to bypass the knockouts title and probably go for the world. Anyway, the lights behind me are out. So very clearly, that means it's time to go. They're on timers. Those timers mean. Joel, you've gone too long. You've spoken your piece. It's time to get out of here. That's Impact Wrestling for October 5th, 2023. Uh, SB3, first of all, stop. Thank, thank you for hanging out. And please tell the people where they can find you and what you got going on. Uh, you can follow me on the Twitter machine at True Heel SP3 for the podcast listeners. That's T R U, no E, uh, in Heel Heel SP3. You can check out the True Heel Heat YouTube channel. We're very close to hitting 10,000 subscribers. So if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button and help us hit our goal for 2023. Right now, you can see my interview with Josh Alexander, where we talked about Impact Bound for Glory, his match with Alex Shelley, his New Japan Pro wrestling debut he explained to me how he discovered he was going to debut for impact wrestling for uh, new japan pro wrestling which was a fun story so go over and check that out and what he thinks about okada's hatred for new japan i also asked him about and check out ae ramble reviewing last night's dynamite with me and jimmy macaram as i believe it's the best dynamite review on all of youtube because jimmy macaram hates aew great 
I'm going to put it over. It's a really good show. Okay, just go watch it. <laughs> just go, <laughs> go subscribe to True Heel Heat. Subscribe to us here at Fightful.com, YouTube.com slash Fightful. I am Agile Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Ladies, gentlemen, friends, beyond the binary, I am back tomorrow morning going in the weeds with uh, Jeremy Lambert over on Fightful Overbooked. Subscribe to us there at Fightful Overbooked on YouTube. Until then, we'll see you in the next one. Cheers. <laughs>